to look at how to activate the spirit of excellence. Activating an excellent spirit. Amen. If it is a spirit, then it can be activated. Hallelujah. If it is an, a spirit, then it can be driven away. Are you with me? Excellence is not a chance occurrence. Excellence is not a happenstance. I think we have already proved that nobody becomes excellent overnight. Nobody is born into excellence, which means that every one of us can become excellent if we put our minds to it. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? We can all become excellent if we want to become excellent. We should stop looking at people who have gone through the process and become excellent and be jealous or envious of them. Hallelujah. We should stop feeling that, oh, somebody has become excellent because they were born into it. No. You know, it's like, oh, the person has become whatever he has become because he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Have you not seen people who were born with silver spoons in their mouth and now they are living in abject poverty? Have you not seen people who started well and have become very destitute and things haven't gone right with them? Have you not also heard of people who started badly but ended in a very good place? Hallelujah. We have talked about Singapore. That end started very badly and now has become a, one of the tigers, econ, tiger economies in the world. Because one leader rose up and said that we can become excellent. We want to become excellent. We want to activate the spirit that brings excellence. And they activated that spirit and the country today has become excellent. Another country that is trying very hard to activate that spirit is Rwanda. Not long ago, it was in a civil war. Generous, more than 3 million people of its population, which is a very large percentage of their population, were killed recently. And they decided, or the president or the leader decided that, no, we want to change our narrative. We want to become excellent. So started to put things in place. And those things are changing the economy and changing the country. Hallelujah. In the same way in our lives, we can change some principles. We can change some things that will make us also become excellent in our lives. Excellence is not the amount of money you have in your pocket. Excellence is not the riches that you have. Excellence is a state of mind. I, I think we've been talking about it and so far. I don't know whether you've understood what I've been trying to say. That excellence is making you, becoming the best you that you can ever become. That's the spirit of excellence. Amen. What is the best version of you? There is. I gave an example of if you are getting married on your wedding day. The makeup that they do on your face is supposed to be the best version of you that is presented. Hallelujah. And, and, and they, 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 they try so hard so that they have to bring a specialist to make you up. But I'm asking, if you become your own best makeup artist so that every time you move out of your house, you present yourself like you are going to your wedding day. Would you not look excellent? Would you not become something that will be enviable by many? Are, are you with me? I know of a sister who dropped four dress sizes for her wedding. Church member of mine. She used to be 18. Size 18. And on a wedding day, she was size 8, between 8 and 10. I mean, when she came, she, I think a week, a month before her wedding, she disappeared from church. Nobody could see her. She was supposed to be the lead, she was the leader of the youth, 
the youth, uh, uh, you know, like what Joel does. She disappeared. And we couldn't find her. On the wedding day when she was walking in, the I hear comes a bride. I was looking at her. I couldn't recognize her. Then she decided that she liked the version of who she had become. So she decided to maintain that version. And as we speak, she's still around. She's put on a little bit. She's still around. Around that. That. Are you with me? Yeah. Because. All of a sudden, she felt that she had to do something because she was like, I don't want to present a certain version of me. I want to put in an effort. There was another sister who I remember we were standing here, just beginning of the year. She said, this year, I am going to lose this weight. And then we're all like, if you lose this weight, we also lose the weight. Like joke, like play. I don't know, what, what size was she? Then. Sorry? About size 20. She's in this church. If I tell you who she is, you'll be surprised. She was about size 20. Just like joke. We're standing here. Uh, New Year's Eve. She said, this year I'm losing all the weight. And we were here when she became size 12. Hallelujah. So I'm just trying to let you understand that excellence is not far removed from us. Are you with me? It is our mind that needs to be changed. Our uh, scripture that we've been reading, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding or always excelling in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Always excelling where God is concerned. So rather than the two uh, examples I've given, this lady used it because she was, wanted to look a certain way for her wedding. Then uh, somebody also decided, I'm going to lose weight because I've entered a certain year and I want the old me to go. What do you think will happen when you and I decide that the old me spiritually, I want it gone? I want a new version of me. A new and improved version of me. I want to excel or abound spiritually for the Lord. Hallelujah. Always abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is in vain. It's not in vain, sorry. Amen. If this lady lost her weight because of her husband, I'm sure by now the husband is so used to the new weight that she doesn't, he doesn't think that it takes so much effort to become that. Or he probably doesn't value her, her efforts. Are you with me? We have become used to this particular sister that we don't realize the enormity of the effort she's, she made to become who she's become. Amen. One of the be- my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. He says that whatsoever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. For the grave, whither thou goest, there is no work. There is no device or work in the grave, whither thou goest. Amen. So now, our hands have found salvation. Our hands have found God. Our hands have found, you know, the, the house of God, the work of God, the ministry. The Bible is saying that let us do it with all our might. The lawyer went to Jesus and asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? That you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your might, and with all your soul. Amen. It is no good to love the Lord in a very... 
lukewarm way. Because he doesn't appreciate it. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, he says that because you are neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Amen. Which means that God expects hot or cold so that he can, if you are cold, then he knows he has to put fire under you. But when the person is lukewarm, you are neither cold nor hot. Hallelujah. You are mediocre. You are tepid. You are just lukewarm. Amen. In Philippians 1 verse 9 and 10, he says that, And this I pray, that your love may abound or your love may excel still more and more in real knowledge. Which is, which is saying that you have to love to excel in knowledge. It's amazing how Christians don't want to excel in knowledge where God is concerned. It's amazing that since we became Christians, we haven't improved. But we are working hard to improve in our career. We are doing courses. We are trying to do and uh, 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 be promoted and go further in our lives, in our career, in our finances, in our, you know, everybody wants to get married. Everybody wants to do something with their lives. But it's amazing that when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to God, we don't have that same zeal. Paul is telling the church in Philippi that, and this I pray, that your love may abound or excel still more and more in real knowledge and in all discernment, that spiritual discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Hallelujah. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Christ, Jesus Christ, to the glory and the praise of God. Hallelujah. Which means that when we excel, God gets the praise. When our knowledge ex- goes up, God gets the praise. When we become great spiritually, God gets the praise. Amen. Yeah, the glory of God is shown in us when we excel spiritually. Yes, I know you've been a Christian for a long time, but what have you done with all these long years of Christianity? You've been in the same place. I came to challenge us. You know, this lady who said, there were three of us who were standing here and said that we all lose weight. All three of us said it at the beginning of the year. By the middle of the year, she had lost about three stones. And I had gained. <laughs> and my sister who was also saying that, oh, she had even gained twice as much as I had gained. Hallelujah. But this sister did not just say it. She cut down her, her intake of food. She, her exercise was crazy. You know, at one point, I got jealous, and I said, sister, show me the secret. So she gave a menu to my wife. That this, this is, in the morning, this is what I eat. In the afternoon, this is what I eat. In the evening, this is what I eat. She would collect like seeds up to like this. It says breakfast. You know seeds. I said, my bed. <laughs> I think I did it for like three days. I said, no, this thing is not going to happen in my house. I, I said, no, I rebelled. I rebelled. I, I, mean, I thought it was, it was a joke. But that is what it takes for excellence. You see, I, I said to you that compromise, compromise. Oh, I want to add a little bit. Oh, no, no, we want to cut corners. We want to, it's the thing that stops us from being excellent. Excellent requires discipline, isn't it? Hallelujah. So let's look at a few principles that we need to have 
if we, want, we are going to become excellent. Hallelujah. The first one, principle number one, make the original wet copying. Make the original wet copying. Do it right the first time. This lady made the original word copy. She lost the weight because she decided I'm losing weight and she lost it. And now we wanted to copy her because she was worth copying. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you decide to be excellent, it's the original step. Make it worth copying by others. Make your house worth copying. Make your life, you know, I want to change my clothes. Make your, the way you, you, you come out of your house worth copying by others. Make your lifestyle worth copying. Make your prayer life worth copying. So somebody who comes and says, Sister, I want you to show me how to pray like you. It means you have become excellent to the point that somebody wants to emulate you. Am I making sense? Many times the difference between failure and success is doing the things almost right, but then we stopped. Almost right. Because, like, we started. You know, she said, okay, if you want to, you, me to help you, then every Saturday come, I will teach you. So we started. Myself, Minister Sheila, and a few of us, we started. You come. She thought I wouldn't mention her name. They took us to the park. You should run. Run a little bit. That means I just, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> then she starts complaining. She was my complaining partner. So when she started, then I also start from the other side. <laughs> no wonder the, the Calvary Fitness failed. The chief protagonist that made the fitness fail was Minister Sheila and myself. I think it was me before Minister Sheila. So I said, you should lift your leg. Do this. Do that. We'll do it. Oh. I had the person. We are tired. <laughs> what is this? Ah. Because when you think you are finished, then she will bring another more, another exercise. Alfred was also part. <laughs> uh, Alfred was an occasional visitor. Uh, occasional, you come and show up, then we we'll disappear. Are you with me? So our fitness attempt was not worth copying. Because we started, but we didn't go too far. I, I, you get what I'm saying. I don't know why I'm using the exercise as an example today. Hallelujah. I remember the thing that made me stop. One day they decided that they would make us do 100 meter race from there. And then I said, oh, me, if it's 100 meters, you should pair me with the young men. Then they said, no. They will pair me with the women. And I was not impressed. <laughs> then they paired me with Franca. And so, this old lady, I'll beat her. This one, I'm not even going to try. So I said, on your max. I said, oh, this is. Get set, hold. Go. I was like, oh, before I realized she was at the door, hey! <laughs> I started to run behind her. Oh, she was gone. I was like, huh? Then the people started laughing at me. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> From that day, the next day when they called me, I said, oh, you know what? I'm busy. <laughs> this disgrace, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number two, principle number two, invest in quality. If you are going to do something, do it well. Hallelujah. You want to improve your prayer life, invest in quality time. Block one hour, block two hours in the day. That this two hours every day, I am investing. 
That's quality. Not that, oh, when you remember, you will do it. When you don't remember, then you say, you, you, you have forfeited it. No. When I find the time. That, you don't improve when you do that. Recently, my daughter decided that she's going to put us back on fitness. Maybe that's why I'm talking about it. So she decided to buy. Me, I like, I like my watches. I like nice watches. And I have very nice watches. She decided that from today, I'm not allowed to wear any watch. But this boring black watch. Because she wants to monitor how many steps I take every day. I'm supposed to take 10,000 steps every day. Sometimes I'll forget. So by the time I look at my watch, I've only done 5,000. And it's 9 p.m. So you see me in the house by myself. Then you all be laughing at me. Because I have to finish. So I'll be, there, now I'll be walking up and down. Walking up and down. And then some people come and laugh. Oh, uh, I've done 16,000. So look at this discouragement. As I'm trying to finish. Somebody will come. So today, uh, by the money, I've done 15,000. Now I've done 24,000. What kind of? Then I decided that anything that is worth doing, you need to do it well. So I decided I'm going to give one hour quality to fitness every day. So I started. Now I realized that when I do the exercise, by the time I finish the one hour in the morning, I've done 9,000. So it was not that. And you see, when I was doing the, this uh, in the night trying to catch up. I was doing exercises, but I wasn't giving it quality time. So sometimes I do 20 minutes. It's like I finish exercise for the day. Then I go and sit down and not move again. So that by 9 p.m. I am still at uh, 5,000 or 6,000. Are you getting it? But when I became consistent every day, one hour, by the time I've finished that one hour, I've done 9,000. So by the time you are walking to pick something, go here and do, you are almost 12,000 before the day ends. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you give it quality, it shows. Am I making sense? In the same way, your prayer time, if you decide I'm going to give quality time to my prayer life, I'm going to give it to my word life, I'm going to invest quality it will show in your life. Hallelujah. Before I could not jog from here to the door without. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you see, when you give yourself quality time and you invest in something, it shows. So Paul said, I give thyself holy so that thy profiting may appear. If you give yourself holy to scriptures, your profiting will appear. You give yourself holy to food, your profiting will appear. You give yourself holy to prayer, your profiting will appear. If you give yourself holy to studying the word of God, your profiting will appear. Am I making sense? And Ecclesiastes is telling that whatever our hands find to do, let's do it with all our might. Give it quality. Give it quality time. If you have found the church, give it quality. Are you with me? Don't be here. It's like you are here. You are not here. You are here, but you are really not here. You are here, but you are not. No, 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 no. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, like my workplace is such that every, towards the end of the month, there's pressure to finish you know, account, make sure that everything is... So, some people are made to work Sunday mornings. I say, you cannot pay me to work Sunday. No, 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 you can't pay me. How much are you going to pay me? No, I can't. it won't happen. 
Are you getting? Yeah, I, I mean, I, this was a long time ago. I said, that's all Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, at time that I need to be in the house of God, you want me to come. How much are you going to pay me? Thousand pounds, two thousand pounds. No, it's not enough. Am I making sense? Yeah. When you decide to invest in something, it shows in your life. Hallelujah. Number three, do everything as if you are doing it for Jesus. If you want to be quality, do you want to be excellent, do it as if you are doing it for the Lord. You want to be an excellent father. Father your children as if you are doing it for God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 to 24. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you have received the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Hallelujah. He says that whatever you're doing, do it heartily. Do it well. Do, have this principle that if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it for the Lord. No, I'm not waiting for anybody to say thank you. Because sometimes the reason why we don't do certain things well is because we are waiting for a man to say thank you. And when the man doesn't say thank you, we get up, upset. You are doing it unto a man. So when the man squeezes their face, you don't want to do it anymore. The day the pastor tells you off, immediately you say, ah, for me, I'm not going to go to church again. I don't want to see his face. No. Are you going to the church because of the man? Or are you doing it for God? Go back to the verse, verse 23. Give me 23 quickly. He says, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Hallelujah. If you are leading prayer, if you are praying, do it as to the Lord. Because if you are doing it for men, the day the men are not here, you won't pray. Do you get what I mean? So if all your prayer you do from Monday through to Saturday is when men are available. The day men are not available, you won't pray anymore. There are some of us, we only, do, we only pray when it's church. When it's a, a congregational prayer, that's when we pray. So when the congregation is not around, we don't pray. So the lockdown, your prayer life went... Because we are not having any service. Nobody is here. Nobody will see whether you are praying or not. But do it as unto the Lord, not unto men. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you have that, that principle in mind, anything you're doing, you do it well. You marry us, not, not when your wife pleases you, that's when you, you become a good husband. No, no, no. You are, you are being a good, not because of them. When they misbehave, you are still loving them, not because they are... Do it as unto the Lord, not unto that silly girl. <laughs> because sometimes your spouse can be very annoying, you know, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes your children can be annoying. If you are going to look at them, you will not be an excellent parent. But you do it as unto the Lord because the Lord has loaned them to you. You, you are just a custodian of the child. The child doesn't belong to you. It's for the Lord. In Psalm 127, the Bible says, Children are a heritage of the Lord. And blessed is the man whose quiver are full of them. It didn't say that children are a heritage of the Father. Or the mother. No, no, no. Children are a heritage of the Lord. 
Look for that scripture for me. It's 120, Psalm 127, I think three or four verse, three or four. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Yeah. Behold, children are heritage from who? From God. From the Lord. The fruit of the womb is the reward. Verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Verse 5, quickly. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Hallelujah. Are you understand what I'm saying? They are from God. They are not from you. They are not. So it is not when they behave themselves, that's when you become a parent. They've been loaned to you. Amen. So look after them well. Am I talking to somebody? Number four, commit to improvement. Was that? Was that Yomide? Wow. Commit to improvement and growth the rest of your life. Commit to growth and improvement. I said to you on Sunday that every developed country, uh, city you go to, one of the things that you see is a crane that is always trying to break one building down to rebuild something because the city is committed to improvement all the time. In the same way, you and I ought to commit to improving ourselves every day. Your spiritual life, commit to improving your work with God. Commit to improving your finances. Why are you always broke? Every time you don't have money. No. You didn't have money before. Yes, it's understandable. But be, today, it has, it has to be better than yesterday. Hallelujah. Which means that get off your backside and do some work. Amen. Second Peter 3, 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in the grace. Grow in knowledge. Grow in your finances. Grow in your health. You know, the other day my, my friend, I was talking to my friend, he says that his back is gone. So he's using a walking stick. My age mate. It scared me. The morning I started jogging. Woo! 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 Ah! I normally do, I normally do 30 minutes and then I was like, oh, I've done some. After that conversation, 30 minutes, no, 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 40 minutes, let's go, hey! I'd rather keep jogging than hold a walking stick. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's not, a, it's not somebody who's always sitting down. It's somebody who's always traveling. He's a minister. Always traveling. He's in, uh, preaching in Nigeria. He's preaching in India. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Now he can't travel anymore. He's holding a walking stick. When you see somebody's, your friend's beard burning... <laughs> you do something about yours, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. Commit to improving yourself. Commit to improving the number of scriptures you know. Improve the number of verses you know. Commit to the number of prayer you can pray with your own understanding and not in tongues. 
improve that. The Father, we, Almighty God, we circumspect and it's like. Thou that sits on the throne of glory. See, when your, the knowledge of scripture increases, your knowledge of prayer or length of prayer will improve. Because prayer is just quoting the scriptures back to God. It's like a, a, a lawyer that goes to the court. When you go to court and you have to defend anybody or speak on behalf of your client, it's your level of law and knowledge of law is what you use. I'm going to make it this. In the same way, when you go to prayer, it is the level of knowledge of the word of God you have that you use to defend yourself. Because the accuser of the brethren will accuse you. Are you with me? And you have to use the word of God to defend. And if you don't have your knowledge of scripture is limited, then your prayer becomes limited and your Christian life becomes limited. Hallelujah. So the principle here is that commit to improving every day. Every day. Learn one verse a day. Many years ago, I decided that there's never going to be a day I go without hearing one sermon. Many years ago. So every morning, every night, I have to listen. Sometimes I listen to the same sermon maybe three, three, three days in a row. One morning, same sermon. Night, same sermon. Morning, same. Or I listen to various sermons every day. There's never a night that I go to bed without earphone in my ear. I have to hear a sermon before I sleep. Are you understand what I'm saying? Because I need to commit to hearing and improving myself. Amen? Number five. Commit to releasing or unleashing your faith through confession. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you want to please God, then commit to expanding your faith. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Romans 10, 17 says what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The way you hear is speaking. Amen. So speak the word of God. To increase your own faith. Amen? Am I talking to somebody? Number six. Identify the areas in your life that are average. And improve on them. How many know that it's easy to identify faults in people? But it's not so easy to identify faults in your own self. Yeah? I think Michael Jackson said one day that I'm looking at the man in the mirror and I'm asking him to change his ways. The thing that we don't like doing very much is looking in the mirror. But if you want to become excellent in any sphere of life, you can never be excellent. I said on Sunday, there's no way you can be excellent without reviewing. Isn't it? You want to be a good singer, you have to review yourself. Every time you finish singing, go and review it to see what you did right and what you did wrong. You want to be a good preacher, after you finish preaching, review your, pre- your sermon yourself. Critic. Critique your own sermon. Amen. Look at every area. Because sometimes we are excellent in one area, but we are very, very average in another area, and we are poor in other areas. Are you with me? And so you have to get to the point where you all critique yourself. I am a good pastor, but I'm a very poor husband. Oh, I'm a good pastor. I am an average husband. But I can become an excellent 
husband. So I need to work on it. I'm a good uh, pastor. I'm a good husband. But I'm a very poor businessman. You have to improve. I'm a good pastor. I'm a good father. But I'm not a good leader. Hello? Are you with me? So identify areas. If you can't identify areas, maybe if you have somebody who's honest, an honest good friend, ask them, what area do you think are my weakness? And be ready for them to give you some. Some blows. And not be offended. I used to have a good critic of mine. Very good one. Every time, every time, the point is that, no, stop it. You don't see anything good in me. <laughs> no, but that is good because that person is helping you to improve. Are, are you with me? Because when you see the area that you need improvement, you work on it, then you become excellent overall. Amen. Number seven. Excellence is not a gift, but it is measured by your desiring and perfecting gifts that have been given. Did you understand that? Excellence is not a gift, but you can measure the level of your excellence by your desires, your desire to perfect the gift that has been given you. Amen. Your desire to improve the thing that has been given you is what will make you excellent. Second Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which, was, which is in you through the laying on of, the hand, of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Paul was telling Timothy that, you see, you have some spiritual gift inside of you, but you need to stir it up. The word staring means that you need to work on it. You need to activate it. You need to use it. Are you with me? The level of your desire to use and perfect it is what will make you excellent. You have the spirit of prophecy, but you don't prophesy. You cannot be excellent at prophecy. You have the spirit of discernment of, uh, of, of, of spirits, discerning spirits, but you don't use it. How can you become excellent at it? Amen? You've got to use it. That's why it, 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 you need faith to be able to use that gift that you have. Are you with me? You need faith. There are some of us, we can become excellent preachers. But we are not preaching. Because we, we, we are afraid. When you are walking on the street and you see somebody, you can't share the gospel with them. What if? What if God has not given us a spirit of fear? Amen. So, desire to perfect the gift that is in you. Amen. Number eight. How am I doing for time? Number eight, refuse to be defiled. If you want to be excellent, you cannot be defiled. Remember we read in uh, Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he will, not be defi- he will not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested to the chief of the eunuchs, that they might not be def- he might not be def- defile himself. Amen. He decided that he will not allow this environment to defile him. 
of us, we obey the wind too much. You go with the flow. You go to a friend's place, they are drinking. Before you realize, you're also drinking. You go somewhere, they are taking drugs. Then you also flow with it. Every place you go, you can't stand out. Listen, Daniel was in a foreign land. He was not at home. He was a prisoner in a foreign land. And the king picked him and decided to make him one of his special aides. He said, come, I'll give you food. The food Daniel was eating was not the same food that the other Israelites were eating. And the drink that they gave him was, was like he had been promoted and put on a special table. But he decided that he would not defile himself. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, the Bible said, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because he saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. But by faith, Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter by choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Let us not enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Amen. Have you not realized that when you do something, when you, when you sin, after that you feel very bad? Say that sin is sweet in the mouth, but at the end, it will, your mouth will be as if you are chewing gravels. That's what Proverbs says. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Stand out and stand for what you believe. John Pickey wrote a song. He says, I stand for holiness. Stand for righteousness. And be counted among those. Be counted among those who will reign with him. What are you standing for? And who are you trying to impress anyway? Do you know that your friends are not impressed? Because you look awkward. You know, when, when you are with them, you try to be a guy. Yes, and you have to try to be one of the guys. Then when you come to the house of God, you try to be one of the, the saints. You look awkward in church because even though you are trying to be the saint, your saint has a lot of guy tendencies in it. Are you with me? When you go to the guys and you are trying to be a guy, you have some saintly Saintly guy things in there. So it, it, you, you look awkward. It's like a, a, an eagle that is trying to fly with the chickens or the vultures. You, don't, you look very, very clumsy. Are you understand what I'm saying? No, stand for who you are. I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I am. That's who I am. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So I stand, you know, like anytime you go to this type of school reunion thing. They want to see me as a guy. I'm not the guy. I am a pastor. That is who I am. And I'm not ashamed of my game. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wherever you put me, this is who I am. If you don't like it, well, tough. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is how we should present ourselves. Rather than, oh, when you're with the guys, you're a guy. When you're in the saints, you're a saint. But you see, you look, you look funny. Because you're not a real saint. Because with a saint, you look like a guy who is trying to be a saint, a saint who is trying to be a guy. When you go here too, we can't see you. We can't see you very well. 
Hallelujah. Am I giving you principles that works? If you want to be excellent, these are practical principles that you must adopt. Do you know that when you are imitating somebody, I don't care who you are imitating, you can't do the person like the person is. You cannot do the person. No, no man can do me like I do me. But if I try to do somebody else, I will look funny. Uh, you get what I'm saying? Have you seen those who try to put on a, an accent? They, say they sound funny. Have you not realized that they sound funny? Because like, when they start, it doesn't sound, it sounds terrible. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it's all because you are, not, you are not true to who you are. You don't want, because when you're true to your, who you are, everybody respects you for who you are. Amen. When I go to the boardroom, I don't speak, I don't put on a British accent. No. The way I speak, that is how I speak. Yeah. And they respect you for who you are. Because when it comes to English, I'll match you boot for boot. Yeah, 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 yeah. These days, I, I try to keep the grammar behind. But I have the vocabulary. I don't swear, so I have a lot of vocabulary in my, in my box. When I get to some places, I bring some from my portmanteau and I put it there. Then you know that I went to a proper school. <laughs> Somebody was saying, <laughs> I'm not going to say it in church. I'll say it after church. All right. Number nine. Daniel was a man of prayer. If you want to be excellent, be a man of prayer. I don't care whatever you want to be excellent in. If you want to be excellent in commerce, be a man of prayer. If you want to be excellent as a husband, be a man of prayer. If you want to be excellent as a wife, be a woman of prayer. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down and prayed three times that day. And he prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. And the men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplications before his God. Hallelujah. He was a man of prayer. The people trapped him with prayer. They wanted to trap him to see whether they would catch him praying. And they, they caught him praying because that's who he was. Amen. To activate an excellent spirit, you must become as prayerful as Daniel was. Amen. In 1 Thessalonians 5, to 6, 5, 16 to 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, and Jesus told the parable in this wise that men always ought to pray and not to faint. Hallelujah. I'm trying to finish quickly. Daniel was a man of wisdom. Number 10. Be a man of wisdom, a woman of wisdom. That means that apply knowledge to every situation you find yourself. Apply experience to every situation. Apply the word of God to every situation you find yourself. Amen. There was a, a bracelet that was designed recently. WWJD, isn't it? What would Jesus do? How many, have, how many ever saw that bracelet? WWJD. What would Jesus do? So in every situation, ask yourself, if Jesus was in this situation, what would he do? And that would teach you wisdom. In James chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and abrace not. Hallelujah. Ask God for wisdom. In this area of my life, I need wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. 
Amen. And I seek wisdom in that area. Amen. I, I'm, I'm writing a book on wisdom. And uh, I was looking at researching, and I realized that the book of Proverbs, the writer of the book of Proverbs was addressing young people. And he spoke to the young people to consider wisdom as a person. And not only to consider wisdom as a person, but consider wisdom as a nice lady that you want to pursue. That, are you with me? That makes it more attractive. And it says that if you pursue and you capture wisdom, wisdom will prolong your life. Wisdom will bring you riches. Wisdom will make your life prosper. Wisdom will give you health. Wisdom will fill you with joy. Wisdom will fill you with gladness. Wisdom will give you all good things. Wisdom, he went on about 98 things he talked about what you get out of wisdom when you pursue wisdom. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? In every area, pursue wisdom. Do you know the difference between developed countries and underdeveloped countries is the level of wisdom that is applied. That's the difference. There's this guy who does this skit. That's very funny. It's called Something Chains. And he will take like a little boy who is trying to grade a, 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 a what's it called? A road with his toy toy tractor. Then you take another village boy somewhere from Africa who is playing with something. <laughs> Look at the difference. One is applying no wisdom and the other is applying wisdom. Hallelujah. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes, even in our own lives, there are some areas that we have never applied wisdom before. That's how come we are not becoming excellent at that part of the uh, life. Amen. Last one. Humility. If you want to become excellent, you need humility. Amen? We need humility. One, humility will teach you that I don't know this, I need to learn it. Humility will teach you that I need more knowledge in this area. Humility will tell you that what you know is not everything there is to know. I was talking to you about uh, the book from a third world to first world. And I was telling you that what the, what the, what's he called again? The king, the, the leader, Singapore. Lee Kuan Yew, I keep forgetting his name. Lee Kuan Yew decided, I don't know. That's how come my country is third world. I want to learn. So he decided to go on a quest to know. But you need to admit to yourself that I don't know. That's the most difficult thing. To admit that I don't know. To, ad to admit that I am not excellent. To admit that I am not good at this area. To admit that I need to improve in this area. It takes discipline. It takes humility. In, in uh, 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, 5, it says that likewise the younger people submit yourselves to the elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with in humility. For God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Amen. Therefore, humble yourself under or before the mighty hand of the Lord and he will lift you up. Amen. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord and he will lift you up in due season, in due times. Hallelujah.
Are you with me? There's nothing wrong with saying that I don't know. I'm not good at this area. So I need to work on. There's nothing wrong with it. Amen. Last one before we go. Daniel trusted God to activate the spirit of wisdom. or The spirit of excellence. Amen. He trusted God. We need to trust God to activate the spirit of wisdom or the spirit of excellence in our lives. Amen. In Daniel 6.23, but the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no injury was found on him because he believed in his God. Hallelujah. Learn to trust God no matter what the circumstances you are facing. Put your trust in God because the spirit of God lives inside of you. You will have the power to rise and become excellent in everything. Amen.